is Subnautica, one of the best games of all time. Yes, 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 yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Best Games of All Time podcast. I'm back with my co-host, Brandon. Yo. This is Aaron, and tonight we're talking about Subnautica, which is a 2014 um, kind of like open-world survival exploration type game. And uh, I mean, just to like spoil the story right up front, both, both Brandon and I really love this game. And so we're very excited to talk about it. And it's interesting because I think the last game that we both loved together was Katamari Damacy. And it's just, I I think, like, I went back and listened to that episode previously. And it's kind of boring because it's (laughs) Katamari Damacy. It's not uh, interesting or it's not, like, super good in a very interesting way. I feel like it's super good in a very like stripped down and and simple and kind of uh, cute way. And mm-hmm. this game is extremely good, Subnautica. I mean, in a very interesting way. And I think it has a lot to say about just kind of like what the future um, design direction should be for single player games in general. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm just so excited to talk about it. And it, I thought an interesting uh, point just to kick off with is just to think about it as like a crafting game because crafting is the main mechanic in this game mm-hmm. and it sort of rules all of the gameplay. And I have my own reasons for this um, or responses to this question, I guess, which is why is this not just another crafting game and the reason i think that's sort of a fun question to ask right now is it just seems like every game every big like single player um like big open world exploration type game has some sort of crafting type mechanic horizon zero dawn which i haven't played but um was a big one in the last few years had one obviously breath of the wild had that with the cooking Mm -hmm. um and it just seems like everyone uh has it and obviously all of those games put their own unique spin on it. They try to. But Subnautica is just different. You know, it's different than all those games. Um, and I, I thought I would just open the floor at least to you first and ask, like, why is this not just another crafting game? Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's something about the way that they expose you to the crafting that that then creates a feedback loop. And I feel like, as I say that, that's probably something that's true of a crafting game like Minecraft, right? Because mm-hmm. there's already, right there, you get the similarity of like, to get more stuff, you gotta go deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Subnautica, that is also true to get, but kind of reversed, like to go deeper, you need to get more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and they create that loop on itself. Um, but there was something, yeah, like what is the thing about Subnautica uh, 
that it can produce the it, it kind of it, all of that is behind a veil right it's not mm -hmm. exposed to you in the same way as it is with uh minecraft or uh you know breath of the wild where it's it feels very mechanical mm -hmm. um in subnautica it it feels very natural kind of to the world that you're in and it's there's a ui and and you know there's, there are recipes and all of this but it's it doesn't yeah, at times the, the mechanics of it don't feel as um, as transparent. I guess mm -hmm. um, it's almost like it's they are so upfront about it that it just becomes natural, and you're like, "Oh, this is the whole game, right?" It's like I I was really struck by how, at least for me, I felt like they just put it in front of you, and they don't really explain it. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of this, you sort of file it away as like, oh, I'm playing a video game. And so this is like a video gamey type system in the game. And it's an example of how the game has very, some very video gamey elements, I think. And it, it chooses the exact right ones to make super video gamey. And, mm. and it, and then it chooses the exact right ones to not make super video gamey. Um, let me give you an example. It's like it shows you your tech tree, and it's mm -hmm. pretty expansive from the beginning. And it's like here's all the stuff you can make, and it you don't want to think about it too hard because then you start to think about like, okay, like I can make this little vehicle, like submarine thing, to get around, and I need this material, and it must be somewhere on the planet because it it tells me you need to find this to make this. And if you start mm -hmm. to think about it, it's like, okay, like how does it, um, like how, do, how does it know that it, that stuff is on the planet? Like, is it just that like it needs this specific material and it happens to be on the planet? Or like, did it scan the planet to say like, to find yeah. out, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you think about it too hard, it's like, well, this is obviously bullshit right so you don't want to think about that part too hard but what because it's a it's a video gamey system right like i saw mm -hmm. a video i did on youtube it's like survival expert reacts to subnautica and i'm sure if they see something <laughs> like that it's like well it'd be nice for me to crash land on a planet and just have this like laundry list of tasks that i could do to survive right. but what that does, the the way the crafting system is set up like that, where it shows you all the recipes, here's all the stuff you need to find, is it it completely sidesteps all the video gamey stuff that I hate, which is like, hmm. here's an objective, like go to point A to do some mm -hmm. bullshit task, and the game is constantly lining those up for you. There's like a little mini map up in the corner so you don't get lost, and the design of subnautica never even lets that stuff in the door it never even encounters that kind of thing the design doesn't permit it because you're just given this like list of things you can build and you're given the list of materials you need to build them and it's like just go do it and so you are constantly setting your own objectives right it's like yeah i need oh this is what i want to do now at any given time you have like four or five things that you want to do and you're constantly making an a assessment like 
oh, well, like, I already have, like, half the things I need to build this, and I sort of know where the other stuff is, so I'll just go get that next. And then you build that new thing, and then it opens up three or four more possibilities, and then you are sort of just constantly, like, setting your own agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's what set it apart as a crafting game, because it's, like, it it's only a crafting game in, all, in almost, like, a very literal sense, because that's all you're doing basically you're trying yeah. to find stuff to build stuff with um but because that's the case it it allows you to set your own objectives and determine your own progress through the game in a way that i just found so satisfying like it was all me doing it you know yeah yeah and, and they kind of that idea kind of pervades everything about the game right like you're marooned, you're on this island. It's, you know, like there's a heavy focus on, well, I don't want to say focus, but there is like, there's a focusing element on the player and just you're here, like just survive, right? And just just do these things. And that kind of exists like all throughout uh, as you play where there's there's no one, like you don't uh, meet any people to help you out. I mean, there's an interaction with, you know, like the sunbeam. But mm-hmm. that's it's more cinematic than actual, you know, uh, like character involvement, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just just every every step of the way, the the driving beat is you know getting towards the Neptune. Like how how are you going to get yourself out of here? Um, and yeah, there's the 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 feeling of isolation that the game creates. Like every it, everything the game does, everything you experience reinforces. Like you are here, you're alone. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like stay on task, right? Like, what's the next thing I'm gonna do? There's the anything that's distracting or interesting or shiny, um, also serves a purpose to reinforce like uh, whether you know maybe it's a new base component or something like that. It, it, it basically unlocks or supports the player in furthering their advancement. Like that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it it is so you mentioned the Neptune. It is you can look at the overall progression through the game and it's like you know, you get the the plans early on for how to build the the Neptune. We should just say like a basic synopsis like you crash land sure. on an alien planet. It's mostly covered in water and about like maybe 25% of the way through the game, you find these plans to build a rocket to get off the planet. And that's always your goal um, mm-hmm. from the point that you find that. And if you, when you finish the game, you look back at your progression through the game and it's like everything I did, I did myself. No one told me mm-hmm. I needed to go here at this time to talk to this person to get the stupid thing and deliver, escort this you know Mm -hmm. character over here or anything like that it's just here's what i'm going to do next here's what i'm going to do next it gives you some gives you some basic like points that you need to to hit like you know you you need to get this material to build this submarine so that you can go deeper to get this other material and you just keep doing that and then in the end you build the rocket and you leave the planet and that's the end of the game and I was having this moment when I was like doing the final stage of the rocket and I'm like, I bet there's going to be some bullshit 
scene that comes in that like you know it's like oh you built it but at the last minute it's jeopardized and you got to do this other Mm -hmm. thing and then it's okay you know but it that never happened yeah and they just let you build it and leave and and that's the end so it is um it how progression is handled it is to date of any game i've ever played the it does the best job of handling progression, just full stop. I yeah, think it's... I'll yeah, I'll I'll jump onto that 100%. Like that, I completely agree. Like the the motivations that they build within the player to progress, and then the runway that they give you to progress feels so natural and feels so good. And yeah, like it it does. It feels like I, without even recognizing it, I'm doing it all. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm there's there's no guiding like you said there's no mini map there's no tutorial i mean you get a couple of like radio signals you know for things like points of interest mm-hmm. um but even then you don't, you don't have to do those like they're not objectives that you have to complete to advance mm-hmm. the story or to advance you know y- your progress um yeah all, all of the mechanics that do that are hidden from the player like they happen they, they completely manipulate your world around you and uh yeah, it, it works. It works amazingly well. Yeah, and it's even the like you'll get a a radio signal from someone else who crash landed on the same ship, and it's like their life pod mm-hmm. ended up in a different place, and just very naturally, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go check that out, you know, and then mm-hmm. that's how they push you to check out new parts of the planet that you haven't gone to yet. It's so natural um it's you're never like oh i need to go to this place at this time to talk to this person Mm -hmm. it's like oh i think i'll go check that out that's interesting and that's how they sort of push your boundaries uh the boundaries of of where you've explored so far um through those very natural ways so it it's just very satisfying to play and we hear i think there's a lot of talk at least among critics about it's like is a game respectful of a player? Does it respect mm-hmm. a player's time and a player's, you know, intellect or whatever? And uh, this is certainly that game. I think I've I've seen it applied to like roguelikes. Um, like we were talking about on the Hades episode, people complain mm. about Hades because it's a roguelite and they say it holds your hand too much. And in a in a true roguelike, it's like you're just dropped into this alien world and you have to figure out Mm -hmm. everything for yourself i think this game is more akin to something like that it's almost like not a spiritual successor but it worships the same god of Mm -hmm. of wanting to respect the player and let them figure things out for themselves in a way that is never frustrating like if you're playing some roguelike from you know 1978 or something on pc um, that's going to be a frustrating time to play it in this mm-hmm. day and age, I'm sure. But this is never frustrating. It's respectful of your time. And it just feels like a blueprint, pardon the pun, uh, for <laughs> for like yeah. how modern games should be designed, right? Yeah, I, I really, like there's this, like as you say that, there's the like, old man gamer in me that 
like I, I am aware of that I try not to be, but you know, whatever I am, I guess. But I've said this before about games. It's like, I don't want a tutorial, right? I, like put me in the world. And if you want me to be immersed in this world, then let me figure it out. Like, you know, like it's mm-hmm. how many buttons are there? You know what I mean? Your game is not that complex. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, I can go and be snobby about it. But the point is like, this, a game like this proves that where I'm like, no, I think I'm actually justified in that. And it's not an old man gamer thing. It's, it's, it's partly like you're saying, it's a respect issue. Like I'm, I can figure things out, right? I, I can push buttons. Uh, let me, let me see what you got. Like, I don't, don't guide me to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Charlie Cleveland, the, um, that guy's a genius. Uh, he's a genius, right? Like the 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 uh, lead on this game. Mm-hmm. He made a comment about, and you know, everyone loved, like we all, we all love the Zelda series. Like, let's be real. But like, he made a comment about Breath of the Wild, um, on how you know they create this amazing uh, mechanic system with you know you can light the trees on fire and then catch a gust of wind and um, you know the different like mobility stuff and his criticism was they put all of this you know amazing like this dynamic system out for you and then right there on the loading screen is text that mm-hmm. says hey try jumping on your shield to slide down a hill and it's like there's no opportunity like you didn't even get the chance to Dude. try to find that mm-hmm. yeah and it's like, and, and his point is like, you just wasted, like what, you wasted your time as the developer and you wasted the experience for the gamer. Like you've done all parties a disservice. And I really, that resonated. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, you know, his, his view on that really does show his own perspective uh, from a design and development uh, angle with Subnautica, right? On how, how little information you get um, not in terms of, you know, it's not a, you're not, there's not a dearth of information. You've got a PDA and an encyclopedia and you've got a, you know, AI that talks to you. You're able to learn things, but it's not, the information isn't about the video game. It's about the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so, you know, this game only emboldens my, uh, narrow stance on, yeah, get, get, get the tool tips out, get the waypoints mm-hmm. out, like get all that shit out and just let me, let me figure it out. Let me play. Like, let me be in your world. I, th- and I think there's something about it. Like this game was just the approach is so different that it's like those problems of where if you're a designer and I'm not trying to be too critical of whoever designs like Assassin's Creed or whatever, mm-hmm. because you know, that, that, they're working under certain pressures and that game series has been around forever and they, you know, have to tick certain boxes for it. But mm-hmm. it's like Subnautica, it there it's never even a question of like, oh, we need a waypoint here or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like the game design just doesn't let that stuff in the door. It's like never mm-hmm. even a, a problem, right? Yeah. Um so there's just something about I I think it it's because they made the decision to make all the right stuff super video gamey and all the right stuff super um, whatever the opposite of that is. I, I might not be making sense, but it's like they're, it's just like, it's a little silly if you 
think about it outside of the context of a video game. It's like, yeah. I have this fabricator and, you know, I got to get titanium from the sea and I got to dig up like little pieces of gold and then I can make mm-hmm. a computer, you know? And it's like, okay, <laughs> that's it. And, it, and to yeah. especially just tell you that, but it's like they use, they just get that out of the way and, it's like, yeah, they put it up front and they're like, here it is. And then they mm-hmm. let the game design just kind of blossom from that. Now that they've given you the crucial information, they've given you everything they that you need, they let you fill in all the gaps after that. And right. it's, it, the game has a story and it's fucking awesome, by the way. <laughs> it is so cool. Uh, but the real story of the game is just all the stuff that you do in trying to get off the planet it's like i went here and i dug up this material and i made this submarine and i explored this cave and i um escaped this huge like monster uh leviathan thing in the cave and like that becomes Mm -hmm. the story of the game is your experiences so yeah yeah there's something to that right where this it it becomes very like when you play this game, what you find is, is very much like this is your experience in that game's world, and, and, and that is the story. But the game and its world has its own story. You just get to be a part of it, mm-hmm. right? It's not, you're not the center of it. And that's, you know, oh, same yeah. thing. Like, it, it, it's not, you know, we talked about this before. It's not a power fantasy, right? I mean, and oh, yeah. they, make that, they make that very clear from from the beginning i mean you're, you're just this like feeble flesh bag in the water mm-hmm. and there's just you know jagged toothed uh, beasts <laughs> everywhere and crazy yeah. ass sounds and like you get nothing here like you don't even you know you can craft a knife i think is your first anything that makes you feel like you have any sort of agency mm-hmm. um and then if you try to use that on anything you very quickly find out you don't like you don't yeah. matter um, oh, so you yeah. Get, you get to rent some time in this world and you have an impact on it, right? Like you do, you do actually, uh, you play a crucial role to that, to that world's existence. Um, but I mean, if, if you never had exist, if you never showed up, like it would keep on going as it's mm-hmm. going, you know, it has, it has attack without you. And so it's, you know that you're allowed to experience it with it is is this you know part of the story and um it's just a different way of storytelling that's uh it's it's very real i mean that's what life is right like we're just here like not that you know Mm -hmm. everyone's life has meaning but if we all stopped existing the world's going to keep going tomorrow Mm -hmm. like the like the 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 planet right so Mm -hmm. uh it, it is a very human story experience um oh yeah yeah it's like yeah you texted me that at one point you're like it's so not a power fantasy and that just mm-hmm. hits the nail on the head um it it's like you survive with like a lot of help and a lot of luck like mm-hmm. in some places you just happen to be at some points in the kind of narrative that just sort of runs along in parallel to your like broader quest of uh, getting building the stuff you need to get off the planet. Um, it. Uh, uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. 
Um, we can edit this out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, okay. Well, let me, before we move into something else, I wanted to compare it a little bit um, mm-hmm. with the the only other crafting game that I've sunk a lot of time into, which is Dragon mm-hmm. Quest Builders. Okay. Dragon Quest Builders 2, um, which is, I think it's a shit game. Okay. And it it's almost perfectly contrasts with Subnautica in the sense that it puts on display all of the things, all of the problems that I think Subnautica addresses about mm-hmm. modern game design and why I think a lot of AAA stuff just feels really unrewarding. Um, but it it the basic gameplay loop in it is the game hints very strongly to you that it's like you have to do this. You have to um, build, you know, some tree or like build a, a pond for your crops to get water out of or something like that mm-hmm. and it's you could very easily figure it out on your own but it's like they they set it all up they're like here's what you got to do and then they put you through this mind-numbing tutorial mm-hmm. showing you how to do it but it's behind the facade of a story and it's so obvious that it's just like a slapping a narrative over a tutorial and basically they try to make the tutorial like part of the story such that the tutorial ends up being like twice as long as Mm. it as it needed to be uh and then in the end you have to do the thing which you're already tired of 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 talking (laughs) about you know by that point it's like you it's like i get it i know that that i have to do that um i think one of the the thrills of a, a crafting type game should be that it's like I'm figuring this out on my own, right? I'm I'm setting these things up myself. I'm mm-hmm. making it all work together. Um, but that game is like relentlessly tutorialized, and I kind of written off the genre after playing Dragon mm-hmm. Quest Builders because it's a very well liked uh, crafting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Subnautica just completely rejuvenated my interest in it so nice yeah yeah the, the, you know the way that the, this whole crafting thing is is getting attention and being like you know i i hated it in breath of the wild like i i just there was so much about it that felt uh i wanted to like it but i just didn't think it was it was done right there mm-hmm. um and you see this in a lot of games where, where you know there's clearly something about this uh, style of game that's attractive that we all you know are hungry for uh, from gamers you know, to developers right they're they're uh, I think you know Subnautica they mentioned they're very uh, inspired by Don't Starve mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a more you know survivalist uh, well as far as video games go survivalist uh, crafting game um, <sighs> yep it's gone <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about like, tell me about like Prey, right? Because you just played that. Prey, Prey, uh, Prey was interesting because, and and I think the the parallel of Prey and the thing that, you know, Subnautica gets right, which is what I think Prey gets right, is that 
it's a component, right? It's a it's a part of it's a part of um, the gameplay experience. It's not a mechanic. Like how do I how do I say that? Like the way that I said that mm-hmm. isn't really totally fair. Like I'm not using the right words, but it's like uh, obviously the it's, wild, a mechanic. it's a mechanic, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It, and it, it's very. Yeah, it's very mechanical, like, and it serves a very clear, you know, like, oh, it's cold. Oh, you have to do this now, like, make a fire thing. Okay, um, and it, it, it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of like that, um, calling a a puzzle, calling a problem a puzzle, mm-hmm. right? Like, and when it's not, this is not a puzzle. This is, you know, you made a, a square hole, and now you want me to go find a square box to put in it. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a puzzle. Um, and in the same way, it's like, oh, you want to you want to have crafting? Okay, what can we do? All right, there'll be a cold area, and you gotta heat yourself up. And oh, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Now look, you're crafting, and it's like, what did you just do, really? Like, yes, like you you did nothing. Like you you solved this this fake problem that's been painted over the game. Whereas in that's Subnautica, what, that's what yeah. I'm trying, and that's what I've been trying to say, and I couldn't figure out like the right mm. words for it. It's a fake problem, mm-hmm. right? It's just inventing something. So that you yeah. have to go somewhere and press A to mm-hmm. to do a thing, and there's a but there's a facade of or a veneer of story over it that I guess for some people it's enough to feel like I'm doing something, but I just I never feel that way, right? It just feels mm-hmm. like busy work, but not the the same in Subnautica. Yeah, and sometimes like some games, like that busy work, it it's expected, and and you kind of either tolerate it or enjoy it. You know, and it's like that's what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, Subnautica never never does that to you. It's always accruing towards something, and it can be you know Subnautica does go the route it, or it allows the route of oh you want to build a base and that has like you know it, it's kind of fluff like you want to build a cool space and make glass windows and all this stuff like mm-hmm. well then you got to harvest some things. But even that is accruing towards something that means something. You know, it's like oh you you're you're trying to build a shelter that you know is adorned Dude. with with specific things it's not it's not a bullshit like make the red potion make the green potion make yes. the, and it's like yeah it has yeah and like my base had real personal meaning for me because mm-hmm. the way we're as we're going to talk about very soon i was just very scared playing the game like almost mm-hmm. the whole time and so the relief in getting back to my base, which I had <laughs> decked out with like yeah. floodlights everywhere. So even if nice. I got back at night, it was like well lit up and I could see it on the horizon, you know, this like mm-hmm. well lit area. And uh, yeah, the it, it's like that's something you made. Um, and it, it's not much aesthetically, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you, there's, I, you could put up like some, fluffy like plant pots and stuff like that right or i mm-hmm. i mean i guess i did i got a lot of um emotional sort of attachment to like the little stuffed bear you could find mm-hmm. did you find the bear <laughs> oh yeah in the aurora? yeah i put the bear up and then like the model of the aurora mm-hmm. too that you could <clears throat> but I, I put it on the back of my bed did you have a bed in your base where you could sleep oh yeah yeah oh yeah i went yeah. there yeah, I had an outdoor I, garden. Yeah, yeah, it's like you just you do build this little space that, it, in other games, you build it 
just as like an aesthetic project, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can, if you play Dragon Quest Builders on the loading screen, there is, it It just shows you awesome shit people have built mm. uh, with the, you know, it's like in Dragon Quest Builders, there are many more tiles and blocks and, and things you can put together. And maybe, I, I'm sure those have meaning for people and those become like art projects. Totally. And I mean, you see this in these crafting games, right? Like Minecraft, like people build full-scale cities, right? And it, mm -hmm. or like these crazy cathedrals or, um, and I think, you know, and, and other games, it sounds like I haven't played it, but the Dragon Quest, it's kind of sounds like, you know, the, it's like the virtual dollhouse kind of um, mm -hmm. idea. And I like, I get that, you know what I mean? Like I'm in, in a way I'm into that, you know, mm -hmm. but it's, it's like, what is the game about? And Subnautica was never about that. And so it doesn't give that to you, it, um, which is, which is right, you know, versus Hades, they kind of went down that path mm -hmm. sort of, and it felt wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about that. It was just like, you're just putting a, you're just pumping shit in here. Like this mm -hmm. isn't even, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and like they were trying to, to claw toward that other part of what's fun about the, the virtual dollhouse type things uh, and i don't i don't mean that as a pejorative i think it's a good descriptor of what uh -huh. it is um because there is something about you know uh, the customization of a of a, a different world yeah um but um yeah no i, I i'm curious now like what like uh, we haven't even seen each other's games you know covid has been an interesting dynamic with with all of this but uh uh, where did you build your base? I'm assuming you're in the shallows, like in. The... I was in the shallows, like, um, just up. I mean, I I didn't use. I can't think of like what the cardinal directions were, but it was in sort of like a little ravine in the mm -hmm. shallows, like within easy swimming distance from the life pod. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that like my first same first base. That's kind of like yeah you're so attached to that life pot at first right that it's like okay this is a safe distance to travel and to like build a base and then you know by the end of the game i feel like your base is established enough that you're like i wish i could get this life pot out of here like this it's kind of like the you <laughs> know the, 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 the trailer in the backyard where it's like oh this shitty thing up on blocks like get yeah. out of here yeah um uh but that base yeah. that base i mean like to to go back to dragon quest builders it's like i'm sure there's a lot of value for a certain type of person playing that game and just getting this like endless mm -hmm. palette of of things to paint their beautiful picture with but for me getting back to my base in subnautica where i knew i had water waiting for mm -hmm. me because it had been filtering via the water filtration oh, system I that built machine was in. clutch yeah yep. that machine and getting back to uh you know, my little like indoor garden with my lantern fruit tree, which I knew would mm -hmm. fill me up on food and, uh, you know, the other sort of like things that my base had going for it to just protect me, you know, and mm -hmm. it just, you know, it, there was a lot of emotional power behind having that waiting for me. And I would go explore this fucking horrifying cave with you know, freaks in it like tr <laughs> waiting for me around every corner and it's so tense and yeah so yeah so, so let's go there let's, let's 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 talk about the the horror component of it because i think they're really you know it starts off innocent 
I think the 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 roots of this, which are you know we talked about. Okay, so you're you're alone on this planet. You are the game lets you know you are insignificant um, in terms of impact, but then also in terms of scale. You know these other creatures, um, and I think there is something in humans. It's probably because we don't belong there, but like most people, the ocean is fucking freaky, right? Mm-hmm. I mean just in general like there's always someone you know there's always a story about like i don't like to you know some people like i can't if i can't see the water below me i can't be in it or i don't want to be in the ocean because it's too big like you hear this you can find these stories with anybody right Mm -hmm. um some people love it i mean you've got james cameron who can't get deep enough in the water right like (laughs) um and and my, my wife is like that too like she she's at home in the ocean so but aside from those weirdos uh like most people the, the crushing weight of the ocean on its own, you know, if, even if you knew it was an empty ocean, is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this game already, I think, accidentally has a, uh, a wedge into a terror realm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I see a lot, you know, I have seen a good number of, videos and that's so that's just the the world on its own that's before you talk about any of the creatures or the suspense <laughs> of of like survival um you know like the the mechanics of oxygen and all that or food um and so i've seen you know i've seen a lot of like uh jump scare videos on youtube and you see people talking about this as like a, it's a survival game and talking about it being a survival horror game um yeah i mean it's it's probably the scariest game i've ever played and that I haven't played very many of them, it, but okay. <laughs> it it is like at the outer limit of what I could play and still enjoy myself on the whole. And like I was ta- saying to you um, before we started recording, it's like before I started playing this, I'd been thinking about playing Silent Hill 2 mm-hmm. and being like, because I know horror <laughs> games are kind of like a... Uh, sort of gap in my knowledge and there's yeah. no way I'm playing Silent Hill 2 after playing this game because I just I mean first of all you said it wasn't scary and you said your son enjoyed watching you play it so you can just fuck off yeah so because <laughs> there's no there's no way your son <laughs> you're telling me your son enjoyed going into the uh like the brine caves with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, yeah. It's, so it's, his brain hasn't gotten to the. He he hasn't developed the ability to well, be as scared of that as he should be. What it more likely is is I've probably like permanently damaged him as a human being. Yeah, um, by subjecting so he's him like, to. Yeah, yeah. Like this this kid is now fucked, right? Like yeah. this is like the equivalent of like. You know, watching uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like Child's Play on repeat. You know, like at yeah. three a.m. Uh, it's not even a good example of this. <laughs> anyway, The Ring. There we go. The Ring. We did a back-to-back replay of The Ring. Right. No, so you know, yeah. I, I. It's funny because when you said that, you know, you're talking about how this game was, you know, at the limits of of like scary for you. Um, and that kind of raised an alarm for my wife because she was like, "Wait, the game you played with our son?" And <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what did I do?" Right? It's... But you know, there were like when I saw. So by the time you get to the brine, you've already experienced a reaper, most mm-hmm. likely. Mm-hmm. 
I think. I mean, had you? Yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Whether it's the edge of the world or by, over by the Aurora. Mm-hmm. And so when you go down there and there's just like crazy shit everywhere, we just kept our distance. And it was kind of just like, keep on trucking. Like, don't mm-hmm. look over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, and then we get down to the lava zone, mm-hmm. uh, the big sea dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't go anywhere near that. Right. And this, mm-hmm. the sounds it made, he was, you know, he was definitely freaked out about that. Um, it's, but it, yeah. No, I mean, I was, I was joking because no, it no. is like, it's, it's interesting though, because it, it is like, it's, it's a sort of like creeping terror feeling that is yes. not, not going to be picked up on by kids, you know? And yes. there is a, like, we talked about the Brian caves, which I think, Anyone who's played the game will know what that is, but I think it's also called the Lost River, right? In in terms of the game terminology, but uh, it is like the first time I experienced that. Like just getting in there, dude. The warpers, the warpers are my least favorite enemy okay. in the game. I so I, I completely agree with this, but I think it's for different reasons. But like, just tell me about that. Like when you say that. I mean, because when they attack you, it comes. It's a. It's like a shock, right? It comes yeah. out of nowhere, and yeah. sometimes they don't attack you, like when you're near them. Yeah. And then sometimes they do, and sometimes they will attack you. And what it is, why it's such, why it's such a good scare, is because you're in probably your prawn suit mm-hmm. at that time, which is like, which makes you feel almost indestructible, mm-hmm. and then. They they get near you and they warp you out of your safe like tank yeah. that you're in. So you're just in the water next to them and you're completely disoriented and you are like turning around frantically to even mm-hmm. try to find where find where your prawn suit is. Um, and there's just about five seconds of terror where like it's gonna yeah. get me. It's gonna get me. I gotta get back yeah. in the prawn suit. Um, it's just so good and so. Yeah, like so. It's interesting because the thing about the warpers, I agree with you. Um, but part of the thing, and I think this is like I'll say like one layer of terror that is removed for me. The warpers fucking annoy me on the principle of do not <laughs> do <laughs> do not do not take away control from the player. Oh yeah. Right. And that like this, this is a principle that I like, I'm just a total asshole about in, in anything with, with software, anything with computers, like, and probably in life, like it's probably a control thing, but specifically in like software experiences in games, mm-hmm. like do not remove control. And so like, not only do I not have control now, I'm in like a different location and I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. That makes me crazy. And so when that would happen, I would, I was like pissed. Yeah. You can't kill it either. No. I mean, you can, you can like drill arm it, you know, but to no real effect, you know, to feel good about yourself. But, mm-hmm. um, no. So anyway, so I think that's like, that's like one thing, right. Is like here, I agree. Like these, they're, they're pretty, and they're pretty cool, like century creatures, right? Like they, they're yeah. protecting area and all this kind of thing. Um, but I was just thinking about that recently actually is how the warpers, uh, versus every other creature in the game is scary because it's going to eat me the warpers piss me off. And so, and so anyway, I I don't want to get too hung up on that. But, uh, the other thing is 
am I being pedantic? And I know usually the answer to that is yes. <laughs> uh, but there's a, there's a, I feel like there's a distinction and maybe, maybe not. Right. But I feel like there's a distinction to be made on people are calling like, Oh, survival horror or this kind of thing. What I think it really does. And again, I could have this wrong or this could be just my perspective on it is it creates that feeling of tension. It's, it's really yeah. survival suspense. And, yes. and there are things that happen like, like I, I was thinking a ton about this based on our text back and forth, you know, as we're discovering like, wait, you don't think it's survival horror, you do? Like mm -hmm. is is a if a game has a jump scare, does that make it horror? Yeah. Right? Does that make it yeah. and it's like I don't think it does. Um I think I think jump scares are a cheap thing that horror games use, but I think that good horror games don't use them and they're and they're in their category of horror. Whereas this one you're insignificant. You're always fighting for survival. I mean, even you have those moments like racing to the surface and you're not going to make it. I don't know. Did you ever not make it? Like, yeah. I mean, I had moments where I was exploring a wreck and I got trapped. Yeah. And then oh, I man. got trapped in a cave or. Yeah. 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 And, and so you, you live in this game world with that persistent gut feeling. And so when something jumps out at you, it fucking scares you, right? Like it makes, mm -hmm. it makes you jump. Like, and so that's the part where I can totally see all of the YouTube videos and the jump scare reactions and all that, where I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Um, but I, I, when someone says survival horror, I go, mm. it's a, I mean the, the predominant, like it, if there's like a spectrum of, um, fear, you know, mm -hmm. it, f feeling tense is yeah. somewhere distant from being like what you feel after you experience a jump scare and the predominant one that's delivered in this game is much more that tension mm -hmm. over that like blah you know gotcha yeah yeah all of the the jump scares i think just come from the reaper leviathan totally and maybe the ghost leviathan on occasion but mm -hmm. just the way they're positioned in the game and like the times you encounter them you're much more likely to encounter the reaper which is the really scary looking one in my opinion, yeah. when you're yeah. in like, you're either swimming by yourself in the water yeah. or you're in like a <laughs> tiny little vehicle. Oh man. And it, it's like once the, there is a feeling that it gives you later. It, again, it's not a power fantasy, but it's like, that's one of the senses of progression that you get. Like after I got the prawn suit, I went to the Reaper's territory with the express intention of fighting it. Wow, you know, and just because yeah. I knew that it would, I knew that I would like just be able to punch it sometimes and probably not kill it, but like just mm -hmm. run away after that, and that's what I did. And uh, it was, it's fun to do that. It gives you those little like triumphant moments again, not through any sort of like story or exposition mm -hmm. or anything. It's all just stuff that you're doing and deciding to do yourself. Yeah. Well, and, and being able to do that, right, make the choice of like, all right, I got this prawn suit, I'm going to go back over there. And it really, it's a reflection of your progression in the game, right? And it which is. is a very, without without doing anything, is a rewarding thing, like to feel. Oh, like, yeah. And, and, and you don't even, you don't even kind of see it that way when you're doing it. But when you go back and look in hindsight, you're like, holy shit, this game totally, 
like allowed me to feel advanced and powerful and like I grew, you know, like all these things. Um, and I didn't even know I was doing that. Right. It was just mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm going to go back over there. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. You were, you were slowly gaining mastery over mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's how progression is illustrated. It's that you gain mastery over something that was a huge problem for like a very long time that you were right. playing. And then eventually you get to the point where it's not a problem and you go to a different part of the world where you have new problems that you have to mm -hmm. solve. Uh, just again, it, it just feels like a blueprint for this is how to make single player games. Yeah. And I think, and I want to add on to that because I think it's, it is a blueprint for um, what I think is a, something that's not talked about in its genre discussions um, is that it's a Metroidvania game. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something, you know, I, I came through this with discussion. I, I wish I was uh, creative enough to have come up with that on my own or realize it on my own. But all the same, like, I was trying to think of, can you, like, what are other 3D metroidvania games right like it's a very well established 2d mm -hmm. game uh catalog or, you've played or, metroid prime right yeah yeah um and so i think like that is that the only one i can think of though like are there other 3d games that that do this yeah um, i mean and, but what, what do you think of when you think of metroidvania because i'm like i'm like hostile I mean, people when the coin when the coin was termed, it was meant to be about like two D exploration games where you can explore up and down in addition to left and right, right? That, that's kind of what it is. And then uh, with the added, and I thought, and maybe you know, maybe this was tacked on later, but I thought the the component there or the like defining component of Metroidvania was that there are, parts of the map are gated. You know, and your mm -hmm. progress is advanced after you achieve, you know, whatever, a power-up or something like that, mm -hmm. that you can then kind of advance. Um, yes, yeah, that makes it, it's like you get the the missile in Super Metroid that you mm -hmm. can shoot at the door and, and blow right. it up and then go through. Yeah, that makes it, it's, 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 that's the kind of, like, video gamey thing and, mm -hmm. and uh, not video gamey thing that I'm, trying to illustrate like that dichotomy it's like that's i i like super metroid a lot but it's like mm -hmm. that's a and it's a very old game obviously so it was working in a different time but that's one of the things that it's like okay this is like obviously the developer to play it in a modern context it's like okay that's the developer like cutting off part of the world get this specific item then you can mm -hmm go i mean ocarina of time is like that my modern zelda games and the ocarina of time blueprint are all like that right it's like you can't mm -hmm. cross this gap until you get the long shot so on and so on it, in subnautica that's completely done away with because it's really all about just going deeper yeah uh but but that's and that, and going deeper is is the gate in subnautica right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and and there are clear like you have your your depth gauges that you can your depth upgrades that you can go to um and you know kind of like what is like the heat resistant uh mm -hmm. things that that all make sense in this like you said like there there is a video game layer to it that 
they establish early and that you accept and that you work in. Um, and the rest becomes about functional, like, well, I've got to, you know, I, I need this to be able to drill this out of the, the uh, you know, the nodes, the, the titanium nodes, right? Yeah. Uh, even even like the way that you have to re I don't know if you tried building a base at deeper depths, but you have to like reinforce it. Um, oh, you do? Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, collapse in on itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I it's like that's so much nicer to me. It's so much more kind of naturalistic in its presentation than like you got to get this thing so you can open a special door. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's it, all it's hidden from you. You don't mm -hmm. actually know it's happening, mm -hmm. right? And that's why I that's what that's why I'm like I'm tossing, you know, the hat in the ring for Subnautica as like the new standard for metroidvania uh in in like going forward where i'm like this is this is the bar you have to hit now is mm -hmm. do the things that super metroid did mm -hmm. without telling me like without showing me like make it so invisible uh that i'm progressing into this world because if you if you start a new game of subnautica you can't go everywhere Yep. right that's like you you are gated so it's um, literally what we were talking about yeah it's it's gated but yeah but once you it it's like it's not a door that you have to find the missile mm -hmm. to shoot it's like you have to do the totally natural thing of like upgrading your sub or yeah putting get an oxygen tank mm -hmm. yeah get a rebreather yeah yeah it is so good man i mean like i i want to Let's just loop back on horror just for a little bit. Oh, because, for sure. Um, I mean, the I like I was saying the last like forty percent of the game, I was just suffering playing it <laughs> because it's like Man. I I don't want to be doing this. Like once once I got into the Lost River, and mm -hmm. uh, once I got into the active lava zone, it, there's just warpers everywhere in there. There's the sea dragon, and it's like you mm -hmm. can hear it scream at you before it the game does the uh the amazing trick of or just the very smart thing of like it shows a skeleton like we keep talking about the reaper leviathan right it's like that's yeah. the scariest thing in the game and then in the final zone you get to there is a huge reaper leviathan skeleton and it you scan it and it's like oh that this thing like isn't even supposed to be down here it was probably driven down here by some creature that's much larger with yeah. the purpose of of killing it so you know <laughs> you see that and go okay whatever is down here is like eats the reaper leviathan for breakfast yeah. and yeah it's i mean i was just very uncomfortable in the active lava zone um and i was i was ready for the game to be over because i was like i don't want to be doing this anymore the fucking sound design in the game it's like you'll be driving your cyclops your big submarine around through this very like narrow cave mm -hmm. you know and there'll just be a weird sound like <laughs> you know and it's like and nothing is wrong yep nothing happened yep. and you're but you frantically look around like did is yeah. somebody attacking the ship like what's going on and it, I guess it's just like, oh, that's a sound that 
sometimes submarines make or something yeah. i don't know yeah i mean like even you know like if you if you like bump into a you know it's like roadkill if you bump into a a, a fish you know mm-hmm. it echoes across the whole ship it's like mm-hmm. and yeah it, it, for a while for a long while it took like a long while to get used to of like yeah like you said like this is i guess the sound of the sub mm-hmm. um and i was just but, and yeah. weird noises like when you even when you're just creep like cruising through open water and it's like this should be fine and then you'll just hear a weird <laughs> noise and it's like yeah. is that really necessary <laughs> yeah yeah it, yeah it's just i was doing stuff to the level of like when I, I was confident i had left that really deep part of the game for the last time and i'm like okay i'm not even going to be back there i had put all these beacons down there mm-hmm. to help me navigate my way around and i just for the brine pool or for the brine pool and okay. active lava zone the lava zone yeah and uh i i just deleted it off off the hud and i'm like i don't mm-hmm. even want to think about you anymore <laughs> i don't want to see you and <laughs> So that, I mean, that was like the level that yeah. I was at. It's so good. I mean, like, I, even as I was like suffering playing it, I was acknowledging its greatness. So that's crazy. I'm, there's something too about the way that the game continues to open up, like, I, that I couldn't, it kept being mind blowing to me, right? So, first, you know, you're in the shallows. Okay, it's cool. It's pretty, all this stuff. And oh, you go, you explore, and you find like the red grass area. And it's mm-hmm. like, wow, this is a big world. And then you go down to like the pink mushroom cave mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, this is, you know, like the ecosystem, the, the difference in the ecosystems and the biomes was like so diverse and rich, mm-hmm. but they were also so large, I think was part of like the majesty of like, whoa, what is this area? And then yeah. you go down to the, I don't know what they are, the big bubble uh, Weird, like electric looking bubble things. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole area, it's like, but it's like dark, right? And then, so, you know, I, there's, there's, and I won't list every single biome, but like I'm exploring and I'm like, wow, this game is so big, this game is so big. And then you get to the Lost River and that, I, it was a, it was a, it was one of those like gaming moments that will stay with me forever. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I think you and I said the same, like, same thing, but in, <laughs> with different emotions behind it. But it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like yeah. for me, it was like, how deep, like, Mm-hmm. what more is this game going to give me? And, you know, I think what you're saying is you're like, Jesus, like how much more are you going to make me do? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, then there's like the lava zone and it was just like, seriously, like what, like how, you know, like how, how far are we going here? Yeah. Um, and whether, you know, whatever emotion that is, we're experiencing differently there, it's the same like awe of, mm-hmm. The, that the game was able to continually like make you question, you know, what is this world that I'm on? Like, I thought it was, you know, like it's a different world from the shallows, right? And it, it really it mm-hmm. makes you feel that way. Where mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, just there, there was something to that that really impressed, like mm-hmm. uh, an impact on me that I, that I appreciated. Um, me too, dude. And we we gotta at least talk about the alien facilities because. They, For sure, they're some of the most eerie yeah. moments in the game, and I, you know, it's like you keep thinking you're, something's gonna pop out or something. Mm-hmm. I did at least, and in, in the first does. one, I did for sure. Mm-hmm. Like right where you, uh, the sunbeam gets gassed, and 
you go in and, and it's like and it's you know it's like library quiet mm -hmm. except it echoes like you know crazy mm -hmm. and there's the freaky freaking pillars that lift up the green blocks and you're like what is that you're like what does that sound right mm -hmm. so it's got like again the sound design of that is just you're on edge mm -hmm. and then yeah it's almost worse because nothing ever happens <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it yeah and it's it's like to me it's so it speaks to the game's greatness that they didn't take the cheap out and yep. have a jump scare in there you know yeah yeah and, and that's and, yeah and they're just they just let you be awed by it instead yeah because it's like, so weird it's just so cool. I mean, that was that was one of my and, and you're but you're getting like the little updates from your AI person, mm -hmm. like who's scanning the environment as you're going and saying like this appears to be like more than one thousand years old, mm -hmm. and you the first moment that you go through one of the alien teleporters and like the sound, like the sound design for the as you're going through the teleporter is so it's just weird weird like very eerie sound and then you just all of a sudden you're through it and it's like and you get dropped on the other side and it feels like you're gonna die going through it and then yeah you just get it's just so good it's awesome it, it is and, and the way that too that so you're in this eerie place and there's like little tiny traces right of this uh uh legacy civilization or, or people or whatever uh creature mm -hmm. uh, aliens right where it's like the little canisters of whatever's in them like you know the stasis rifle or something like mm -hmm. that um and then like later you go to the sunken alien base mm -hmm. and it's got all the did you find that one like yeah. it's got like the, the warper lab where they were you yes. know dissecting the warpers to manufacture them and like it really does like it, it i think it helps build on top of that suspense and terror element where it's just like it's it's weird and freaky and i think even in that lab there's like a giant another giant skeleton right mm -hmm. where it's like it it gives you and you know there are big things in the world and so like what's gonna happen to me like mm -hmm. what's going on um and a lot of times nothing does nothing does it's yep. it's it's just a reminder that you are a tiny insignificant piece of shit mm -hmm. like and that is enough you mm -hmm. know where it's just like wow like uh, tiny in all senses like physical form but also like your your mental like oh look at me in this sci-fi game and it's like oh yeah look at this alien race that was like d manipulating dna and creating like psycho cybernetic creatures who right? can communicate like, with you and like their transmissions act <laughs> not with you right they communicate with each other and their transmissions yeah. accidentally get picked up that was one of the scariest parts in the game for me was when you you get the radio message and it's like yeah. weird sounds and then it translates it and it says something about like eight biological subjects designated sharing locations with other agents. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, like some, it's just... Yeah, you don't belong here. Yeah, yeah, like it's just another reminder. Like this is not, I, this is not my home, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, um, the whole Aurora segment where you you explore and nothing happens, right? You just like it's mm -hmm. dangerous to be on there. There's those fish things that like attach onto your arm, and you have to 
stab him with the knife to get him off. <laughs> now that honestly, that this is the thing about these games that was one of the moments that scared me the most. Like mm-hmm. I jumped out of my skin because I was I was not ready for that. Um, when that thing latched onto me, mm-hmm. um, which is ridiculous because I had seen the Reaper at that point, like all the stuff had happened, and I was probably, I I went to the Aurora very late. I, I didn't go there until probably forty hours into the game. Oh, interesting. Um, so you, so when, you didn't get the prawn until really late, then or yeah, the you could build it, huh? Right. I had no idea, and I had I had a uh, a friend who had played the game before was kind of like he kept. You know, he didn't give me any spoilers, but he kept like egging me towards like, "Hey, have you checked out the Aurora yet? Have you checked that?" And I was like, "No, I got to do that." And it was always, but it was one of those. And this is again testament. Now we're just broken recording this, but it was like, I didn't have to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like it wasn't a thing I needed. The game made me do. Mm-hmm. I had my own list of things. It was like, "Yeah, I'll get to the Aurora, but first I got to go get you know more quartz for this other thing." And mm-hmm. like I had my agenda all planned out, um, and the game never got in the way in that way. And yeah, now I realize what I was missing. It's like, oh man, I could have had the prawn suit. Um, but it didn't, it was just like, I had a 40 hour gameplay experience without it, which mm-hmm. is crazy now to say that you know what the prawn suit can do. But um, yeah. Uh, where was I going with that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, something, you did, yeah, I mean, you do get the different, I'm sure we had very different experiences because I went to the Aurora early, probably. 15 hours in i want to mm-hmm. say and then i missed a whole bunch of it and mm. you mentioned to me i just mentioned it in passing oh, right. like, oh this is what i had done you're like oh you might want to go check that out again and i had missed a whole section of it where i found a bunch of other stuff yeah um, so yeah you can have these wildly divergent experiences um and the game the core game design like allows for that Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different than playing like Oblivion or whatever. And it's like, oh, I talked to the, I did a yeah. quest with the cat person from in this village, but you didn't do that one. You did the one with the the dwarf people or whatever. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, for me personally, I'm like, who cares about that kind of thing? Like, this is a, this is open world game design i think delivering on its promise and i was i think i was texting you when i was like on my high with the game which is like before uh-huh. it got really scary and yeah. i was like it's better than it's better than breath of the wild it's it's the best and I, I think it's better it's the best open world game i've played hands down yeah i i'm just like uh, my pause is only like as i'm searching like i'm i'm gonna agree with that right i'm just like because like this game was able to to do it and to be clear this is not an a flawless game right mm-hmm. like we're, yeah. we're like gushing about it it's got tons of uh, maybe not tons it's got a good number of rough edges even still right where it's just like uh you know simple things like maybe like the way the resourcing issues and some pop-in and graphical issues like stuff like this that kind of get in the way yeah, that, I mean that that don't get in the way. I guess is the point. Is like despite all of that, I'm still you know you compare it to something like oh Breath of the Wild or open world game with you know gorgeous graphics and kind of flawless blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And even then, I'm like no, yeah, Subnautica, top. Like d- despite any of the flaws, it still rises well above it like, in what it delivers. 
Um, it does. And I, yeah. you know, I think we could omit this section because both of us love the game. And I hate, I hate when no, people have to broadcast. It's like, I'm so smart that, yeah, I really love this thing, but there's a few things they could have done to make it perfectly match my impeccable taste. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like, but yeah, this is a long form, like discussion based podcast. So I think we should just do it. It's like, I think, yeah, it, it has graphical problems on console, which is where both of us played it extensively. Like I was playing it yeah. on the, I was playing the PS4 version and it mm-hmm. has horrendous pop in to the degree mm-hmm. that like it mars the experience sometimes and in particular like often the lighting won't load until yep. very late and so it you'll just be very dark and then you'll like get over whatever internal game boundary there is and suddenly everything will light up and you're like oh here i am so that kind yep. of bar or mars the experience a little bit um i think it's i think it's too long like but y- the only thing I'll say is like you have to remember I was suffering playing this. Yeah, I'm a big no, baby. Totally. I don't like being scared. I don't watch horror movies. I just want to play uh like nineties PlayStation RPGs. <laughs> That's like what I'm so comfortable doing. And at about fifty hours I'm like, I just want it to be over. I wish it was too long. Or I, I wish it was shorter, maybe. Yeah. But then I wouldn't it's like where would you cut? I don't know. Well, and I wonder too, like how much of that, like, because then on, you know, so I did, I played another playthrough um, and it's a fraction of that. Right. And I oh, wonder really? like how much of that is in just dicking around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, if at no point, exactly. If, if you're saying like, where would you cut? If, if something isn't calling itself out to you of like, oh yeah, I wasted 10 hours, like just, I, I don't know, like exploring, um, if if it didn't feel tedious then you know it's like the the team came when you were like i'm tired of feeling stressed out yeah that's (laughs) that's exactly what it is yeah yeah. and so i don't know where i would cut and like a lot of the problems that i had that lengthened the game for me were solvable with all of the things that the game had given me like food was a big problem for me for a long time. I mm-hmm. never realized the alien containment could be used to breed fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, water for me was a long time. I mean, if I would have had an alien containment early, then I just would have had a ton of bladder fish in there and just could have, could have grabbed more and more at any time I needed it. Um, I, I lived off of a uh, melon melon balls melon uh whatever i fucked up my marble melon somehow and i couldn't yeah and i couldn't it's like i had one left in the in the growing Mm -hmm. bed and i could not it was like too small to cut into seeds so i couldn't get any seeds out of it and so i just lost i don't know what i did ah yeah because that was my like i just threw a i had a uh (laughs) interior grow bed in my cyclops mm-hmm. and i just pumped it full of marble melon and i'd go in and just eat eat those uh because yeah oh, the, man. The, yeah yeah that would have been so much yeah i mean and the game is full of stuff like that where like i looked back later and i'm like oh i could have done this and i was like 
texting you, complaining. I'm like, I just get lost all the time. I don't know where to go. And you're like, beacons, bro. And so I started <laughs> making beacons. And of course, there's the agonizing moment where you have to get out of the Cyclops and, and drop it. Type oh, the yeah. beacon name in. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Love having to get out of the sea moth and the prawn <laughs> to repair them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Running for your life. You're at like, you know, it's getting below 50 damage. And then you're just like, pop out real quick, heal it up, get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think the food and water timers tick down too fast. I agree. I do agree. I, I had a lot of issues with like how often I needed to get food and water. And Mm -hmm. I, it's like fine from the survival point, but like I got the water filtration way late. And it was just like, I would have liked to have had that a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't, you know, I didn't, like, when I talk about, oh, I put the, the grow bed in my Cyclops, and, like, that that was on my second playthrough, right? So it wasn't like, I didn't have that knowledge. Like, I didn't learn to eat tree, the, the whatever, the bulbo trees. Mm-hmm. Like, those were freaking clutch, right? Like, mm-hmm. grab one of those and you're set. But, um, you know, I didn't know that at the beginning. And so I spent a lot of time not optimally resourcing for food and water. And so it was a lot of like annoyance with like catching the bladder fish and then going and crafting them into filtered, a little shitty eighth of a bottle of filtered water, like, yeah. And making bleach. And, you know, it just, a lot of that, I I did find myself on remembering, like wishing for some automatic, this surely there's going to be some automation to take this away. Mm -hmm. And I guess I didn't prioritize that. And so the results of that was I had to do the unopti- unoptimal thing for too long, where it was kind of annoying. And um, of course, the fishing is horrible on console. The fishing is horrible. It's so bad. Like it, it's very clear. Like yeah, I played on PC, and it's like, oh, this is a breeze, and and like I don't want to say it's a joy, but it's like it takes no time at all, and you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And on console, it's such a pain with the the thumbsticks to catch a fish you know in the way they dart like that they could have really used a behavioral change um or just yeah it was something like make make the window more generous for yeah catching them i had one moment where i was like starving i i was down to like seven percent mm-hmm. food and i managed to hit a peeper with the thermo blade so it was cooked oh yeah and i was like here i go and it started sinking to the bottom, and I couldn't get it. <laughs> and it just kept sinking. I was right on the edge of the uh, the like alien island, you know. Love it. Yeah. And there's there's leviathans all around uh, there, like on the bottom. And so it kept sinking and sinking. And I'm like, I guess I'm just not gonna fucking get it, you know. Yep. And and so I went up on the shore, and I found a bunch of gel sacks, and I ate like. Oh, five, yeah. five gel sacks, but you make a nasty sound when you eat it. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's yeah, there's this guy on in the insert credit forms who has misophonia, which is like it you get as far I don't want to like speak for people who have it because I don't really understand it, but I yeah. it's something to do with like hearing the sounds certain sounds, and in particular this guy like hates the sounds of people eating. It like produces oh, yeah, like a yeah. a like a physical almost reaction in him, I think, and uh, so I'm like, this is not the game. 
for you, bro, because <laughs> there's many gross eating sounds in the game. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah. It's I'm like, yeah, I don't know where you where you'd cut it though. I think it's too long, but I don't know where you cut it. It's like the food and water ticks down really fast, but it is a triumphant moment when you install the water filtration machine or mm-hmm. when you solve those problems again all through stuff that you did you never went to point a to get you know x item from a person or mm-hmm. something like that it's all stuff where you made a plan it's like okay i need to get these materials i'm going to go out and find them it's going to be dangerous i'm i'm going to prepare for the mission i'm bringing food with me water with me medical kits mm-hmm plot out my course, I go down there, I get the stuff, it's scary, it's dangerous, I get back, breathe a huge sigh of relief, build that water filtration machine, and all my problems are solved forever. It was so worth it to go through all that to get that water filtration machine. It's just, that's the game in a nutshell, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, and that just keeps giving, right? Because then every time you come back to base, there's two full bottles of water just waiting Mm -hmm. for you. And it's like a reward every time you get that little dopamine hit of like, oh, yeah, like what a nice creature comfort now that I've earned. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it continually, you know, gives gives in that way. And I also, you know, talking about the the video Mm gaminess, that thing that kind of is present, it doesn't shy away from that in like, the way that resources are used. So you have your little fabricator tool, which is magic sci-fi, you know, mm-hmm. point the wand and it crafts the thing. <laughs> um, but you're not penalized. Like a lot of games will penalize you for deconstructing. So it costs, you know, a hundred resources to build. Yes. And if you deconstruct it, you get 75%. Mm-hmm. And this game doesn't do that. And so it on, you know, in allowing that, so you're fine, you wave the sci-fi hand at it, and it's like, nope, you can fabricate and deconstruct without without penalty, and that allows you to experiment with your base and try things out and move things around. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even on the greater scale, I don't know if you did this, but it allows you to, you can build your entire base like in entirety, and then you can deconstruct it and pack it all up and move anywhere in the world and build the exact same base or 10 bases or whatever, but without, there's no, in a game that focuses so much on resources, there's no penalty for doing that. And it encourages like, and and I just think that was such a, a, such a smart decision. Totally. Um, It's like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, and I, and you hit the nail on the head there. It's like the stuff that's super video gamey is in there to shield you from bullshit, right? Which yeah. which is normally presented as realism or something like that. Right. But it's 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 just that is such a rock solid foundation. The the crafting and the the tech tree and they mm-hmm. lay it all out for you and it's simple, painless and the game design just explodes out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, uh, it it supports itself with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good, dude. It's a great game. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to cover. Like, I I mean, I have a final. Do you have anything else? I mean, and I mean, I no, I, I could talk about this game for like so much longer. Me too. So I gotta like, yeah. 
Um, We're already well over an hour. Here's the thing I'll close on then, is that this... Did you watch the Ars Technica interview with Charlie I Cleveland? Did. The ninety. I, did you watch the twenty or the ninety? I watched. I watched like the first half hour of the of the ninety. Okay, I just I just watched it. Yeah, freaking loved it. He's he's so cool. But yeah, the thing one thing that stuck out to me is that the game was designed almost entirely around player feedback. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe that's why it's so good, right? Like maybe yeah. because it's it's all designed around what players say they want and say they don't like. And I love this game. That just full stop. Yeah, I think it's one of the best games ever made. I think it's a model for how to do like single player open mm-hmm. world games for all game developers. And mm-hmm. I hope a lot of lessons are learned from this game. But is it a good thing that more games are being designed this way? And what I mean is, like, put out into early access. And like he said in yeah. the interview, we the uh, initial product we released was an embarrassment to us because, mm-hmm. and we felt like it needed to be if we were on the right track of developing this thing in the right way. And it, yeah, I mean, that's in the yeah. in the grand history of games, that's a relatively new way to develop games and i i don't really like that i guess in at least in theory i don't like the idea that it's like games are designed around what players say they want if that makes sense no it does and i so there's i want to like i've i've been thinking about this exact same thing uh that same moment from that I watched the whole 90 minutes and that stuck out like highlight. Uh, so there's two things here. One is that we've been in this world. And I, if you had asked me X years ago, my opinion would have been so incredibly strong of like, do not ship the game until it's finished. Right. And, and we've even talked about that. Like, in, and I think previous episodes is like, have the confidence to, and, and like just stick it out until it's ready and then give the product. And that's what you get. Um, this game completely makes me question that because I think there are plenty of examples we could dig up easily of where that fails, you know, like, and I think the, if I'm punching down, you know, elite dangerous is one that you could jump out and just like, and and right there, I already know, like uh, I get some death, I'm going to get some death threats now. So (laughs) fine. But like the point is like, you know, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it's, it's elite dangerous. It's like this game. That's been in, you know, whatever you want to call it, early access for like a decade, and they're not ever going to ship this game. And oh, it's it basically, started with a Kickstarter. Yeah, it's like a Kickstarter, but like they've gotten something like hundreds of million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars in funding, um, and they're not really any closer to finishing it uh, or it, it being like a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, there are people who are, you know, diehard fans of what it is, and so if you say anything bad about it, you know, you're a moron. <laughs> um, but point being, like, if you if you really zoom out from it, you're like, these people have found a model in which they continue to get paid. It's kind of, you know, it's like the... It's yes. Like you're funded by the whales. Um, uh, so anyway, so, so there are plenty of examples for where, you know, gaming as a service can go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, 
just continually like tweaking and adding and it just so i i don't think that's the right way to go but in the way that you're saying you know please world please developers use subnautica as a blueprint as a foundation for learning and for developing in the future mm-hmm. i think that's where they've gotten it right because what charlie cleveland mentioned is they were able to have a reactive approach to development but it was core to them that they were not pandering right and and that's where i think the differences that you're talking about is like for example they said no no guns right like we're not going to do guns mm-hmm. and they reached a point where people were like how the fuck are you going to put me on a ocean planet and not give me even a spear gun you know like and for the player base to say that to you as a developer, you go, oh man, am I wrong? Right? And to have the confidence to say no, like, fuck that, I said no, like, and we're not going to do it. They didn't, they didn't pander. And I, he, I think he mentioned he has some regrets on some of the decisions they did make. But overall, they stayed core to what they were. Mm-hmm. And they followed the players. So like the Aurora didn't exist in, the, in its uh, in form. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get to that part where they were talking about Initially, the Aurora was purely, it was a billboard. It was yes. like on, on the edge and of the map. People swam billboard, toward like, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, and so they, you know, it kind of, it developed itself that way. And I think that's, that was the right approach, right? And so it's mm-hmm. like, like with anything, it's like, use it in moderation and, and use it with confidence. Use this tool of feedback and, and reactive design um, and know when you're pandering versus when you're making like informed decisions on improving the thing that already exists, like the, the relationship between your gamers and this game, like if you're in early access, it's already, it's already got a, 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 a like a, a, pre- a life of its own, like a presence. Mm-hmm. And so how do you respect that and foster and grow its strengths? Um, and that's what I think this n- game nailed uh, was, was feeding that beast respectfully yeah um well so it, uh, yes it just let me con let me contrast it with i dare you there is a game so there's a game that came out for the genesis in 1995 called, okay called alien soldier and mm-hmm. it is from treasure the um gunstar heroes and uh mm-hmm. mischief makers people it was made almost entirely not it he the director Hideyuki Suginami he was the programmer he was the artist and the director of the game and he mm-hmm. intended to make the game entirely for himself this is uh set this is a little section of an interview he gave in 1995 this is what he wrote alien soldier is like my baby no strike that it is my baby and she's very cute it was a difficult birth. In the end, we had to perform a dangerous C-section on the mother. So she's a premature birth. Even with blah, 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 even when the development of Alien Soldier ended, my idealized vision of it just kept growing. I want to make an Alien Soldier game again. This is my game. It is my work. I want to complete the story be- I began. I want to program everything through the end myself and do all the art myself. Alien Soldier, in two years I worked on creating you. I never once tired of you. I've thrown my life away on the Mega Drive and gambled it all on Alien Soldier. 
The only one who can love you because of, not in spite of your various flaws, is me. Alien Soldier is mine. I don't care if you believe me. Am I being strange? Alien Soldier is my beloved, and I'm madly in love with her. Waking, sleeping, I think only of her. And it's all stuff like that. And it's like, this guy just had this insane... I mean, he had insane ability as a programmer mm-hmm. and uh, sort of a game developer in general, I guess. And he had this singular vision to create. And what he made was a game where most people can't beat the first boss <laughs> on the game. And he, I mean, just listen, like that stuff is just like, it's like the babblings of an insane man. Yeah. But, it, and it's, you know, like the polar opposite of, of the way Subnautica was developed, right? Which is like, mm-hmm. put something out, let people react to it, find out what they like, what they don't like, modify it, put more stuff out, and so on. And it's like, I want games... And so while I said I hope Subnautica is like a lesson to developers for how to do these single-player open-world games, I want, I don't want the alien soldier model to go away, which is just like some person has a vision largely one person and uh that model is important to me too i guess and ultimately i don't want games to become like uh like tech company app development cycle shit things where it's like yeah yeah you you know what i mean totally yeah and and i think yes i i completely agree and it's like you know i said however many years ago I would have said this is the only way to develop games is you, you make it in, in a vacuum and then you present it to me and then I, you know, play it. Um, I think that's still, I still adhere to that. Like I subscribe to that uh, model of this is a way where before I would have said this is the only way. And mm-hmm. what Subnautica has shown is here's another way. And I think they should both they can coexist. There's no reason, you know, like I, I also don't want the other one to go away because I think there is something very uh, kind of like profound to, you know, I think the Zelda series is kind of a, a the, the North Star for this, right? Is no one sees anything about these games mm-hmm. until very late in the in the release cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then you get what you get and it's, freaking amazing right mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 like that should actually like there's something about experiencing it that way that i am that i'm all for um but there's something new there's like a uh that is that is like that's that's you know someone telling you a story versus subnautica which is the result of a dialogue right and there's something so rich there to be uh, expanded on. Like this, this is a whole new arena for games to, to work in now where it's like, it's not just the creative, you know, uh, brainchild of, mm-hmm. of, you know, the, what is it? Alien? What was it? <laughs> Alien soldier. Alien soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an ongoing discussion about like, like I don't, I don't think Subnautica could have happened without without that, right? Like just the, the not even like the the game design and and like the, that part of it, but the like 
who could ever pitch that game and say like we're going to create an ocean underwater ocean game mm-hmm. you don't have any guns like you can't really do it like it just it never would have flown and so uh yeah uh, i i hope there's space for both i want to see i want to yes. see both but yes i mean early access is is great and there's no question about it it's just yeah i i don't want the um the i you know it's a is i think as long as the people doing the game are smart and understand what makes games fun games fun i don't think we'll there definitely we will see more i think of the, like the san francisco tech like iterate 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 go into mm-hmm. a sprint you know did do this like we'll see more of that i think but i don't think the good games will come out of that process i think subnautica figured out how to do it right um it's, it's just interesting to compare that and yeah gunstar no. heroes which was like you know five people yeah. or so working on it in an office in 1995 and or for whenever that game came out and just being like, you know, this is what we think is good. Right. And, and now we're going to put it out. No, I definitely think that the caution is justified. And I think we will see a lot of games come out with like, you know, Oh, we're going to do the, we're going to do the Subnautica model and we're just going to like release early. And you're going to see like just a lot of shit pumped out under mm-hmm. that guise of like, yeah, like, you know, fail fast and uh, like all this stuff. And it's like, you can't just say the words, but because that's how the world works, we're going to see a lot of that. Um, and there will be a lot of like predatory practices or just like, you know, uh, maybe like, I don't want to say anti-consumer, but all, all the things that you're worried about with like, you know, games as a service where mm-hmm. it's just like, uh, let's just, you know, bleed, bleed this market sector. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's probably going to happen. But um, if two studios take from it and, and get something completely novel and different of an experience like Subnautica, you know, I guess, you know, do the ends justify the means, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yep, give me Subnautica give me shows it can work. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Subnautica, one of the best games of all time. Agreed. There it is. Done. Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, This was a fun episode for us because both of us love this game. Uh, What's coming up next? I think we're doing Mass Effect next, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're going to get on that, look for that episode to come out in about a month or so. Um, You can email the podcast at bestgamespod. I think that's it. I have to look. I always forget the email address for the podcast. It is bestgamespod at gmail.com. And then you can go to our website if you want to check out show notes on there at bestgamesofalltimepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. We're going to have more cool stuff coming out later this year. So if you like, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast listening service uh, you use. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, it helps us a lot if you enjoyed the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks.